I got a text from a friend of mine who was in Eretz Yisrael uh, for Purim, and he was staying at his parents' apartment in Israel, and he texted me on the Motsoy Shabbos following Purim that he's leaving Eretz Yisrael now, and he's leaving the apartment, and no one's going to be in the apartment for the, for the, till Pesach. Is he obligated in Bedikas Chametz? So does he have to do Bedikah before he leaves? So the truth is, it's not a Shaila. And the reason it's not a Shaila, for a very simple reason, that it's not a Shaila, of course he does not have to do Bedikas Chametz, because... Let's say even if it is his place, he's uh, right a single guy. Let's say right, he doesn't have to do because chametz obviously because his parents are going to do mechiras chametz. They're going to sell all the chametz anyway, so you don't have to do because chametz on a place that you're going to sell. You know the chametz is there; it's going to belong to a guy, and that's uh, that's perfectly fine. So that's the the, the the real truth is that on that level, once we so many of the halachas of b'dikas chametz, even halachas of uh, of what to do when you find chametz on Pesach may change now that we do mechiras chametz. We have to realize all the sugyas in the Gemara did not assume mechiras chametz. We hadn't yet come up with that ingenious solution to the problem of uh, of chametz. We used to be called a mitzvah. Now we you know we call problems, so we get around them. So the the, the uh, we hadn't yet come up with an ingenious solution to uh, to just sell the chametz to other people. We came up with it by bechar. Yes, the Gemara bechar talks about. We hadn't come up with it when it comes to chametz. So for example, like you find chametz on Pesach. So what do you do? So the Gemara says, what do you mean? What do you do? You burn it right away. Oh yeah. Well, if you had sold it to a guy before Yantif and now you find it on Pesach, you burn it right away. You know what that makes you? It's an Isidaraisa to steal from a guy. So how could you do such a thing? So it happens to be you can, because we, we ask John Brown, certainly if you sell um, to any rabbi who sells to John Brown, because Rabbi Willig is mocked to ask John Brown every year, he always says, John, it makes us very uncomfortable when we find chametz where it doesn't belong in Pesach. It makes us feel very uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that we want to destroy it, like right away. Would you mind, you know, the majority of your chametz is safe. But you know, would you mind if when we found a small amount of chametz that is not where it's meant to be, if we would destroy it? He says, that's fine. I'm getting enough chametz anyway. Now, he's always, so unless he says otherwise this year, uh, generally speaking, you're allowed to do, but really it's a shayla. So also, they, they should obviously make sure to sell all their chametz. If you have an apartment in Israel and you live in America, or vice versa, or if you're going to be on the West Coast for Pesach, you have to make sure that your zmanim are right. There's a major machlokas, what the zman of the Yisrael chametz is. Is it the zman where the chametz is, or the zman where the bal chametz is? So we're machmir on both ends. We sell it in advance, and we don't buy it back until later. We're machmir just in just in case. So you have to when you when you do appoint a, a rabbi a shliach to sell your chametz, you need to be explicit about that, about where you're going to be, where the chametz is. You know, if you're selling for your apartment in Israel, for your uh, stuff in America, uh, that that's a very important thing. Also, in general, chametz. I think we've mentioned this should be sold before before you actually burn the chametz. Otherwise, you're not really fulfilling the mitzvah of tashpisu in an active way. Because even if we hold that it needs to be an active destruction. You need to actively destroy the chametz. If you still own chametz when you destroy your ten little pieces of bread, but you still own a whole garage full of chametz at home with cereal and pasta and everything else, and you're just planning on selling it later, well, then you haven't done the biur chametz when you think you did. Right? In the morning, right after chakras, you go by the firehouse, and you burn the uh, the ten pieces of bread. What do you mean? You got a whole uh, you have bo- a whole box of cereal the kids are eating at home right now. Well, that's not biur chametz. Later, you're going to sell that. So, uh, so that's what Shachtu is very mocked that he only burns those little ten pieces of bread 
after the chametz has been sold. That's why he's makpid to sell dafka through Rabbi Willig because Rabbi Willig calls him right after he hit the mechira and says, "Rabbi Shachter, you can burn your chametz now." And, he, and then he goes in and, and he burns it. Also, uh, if the parents are makpid not to sell chametz gomer in this case, if the guy, if the guy's parents are makpid to only sell um, tarovas chametz and not chametz gomer, then he really has a shaila because mistama in the apartment there is chametz gomer. So if they're not going to be selling their chametz gomer, he has a shaila. We discussed that last week, right? Whether you could do a harama on a daraisa and not sell chametz gomer, just one thing to add. I was uh, talking to my friend Rabbi Shai Shachter uh, about this, and I said, you know, I was uh, I just said over your father's machlokas with Rav Salvechik about selling chametz gomer. He said, oh, did you tell the story of my sister and brother-in-law? I said, no, I don't know the story of your sister and brother-in-law. So he told me that uh, when his uh, sister Yafa got married to Rabbi Tanchum Kohn, uh, they uh, they their first pesach together. I told you the story. Oh, so their first Pesach together, Rav Tani Kohen notices that his wife uh, is, is throwing out all of the chametz. And he says, what are you doing? And she says, I'm getting rid of all the chametz gomer. We don't sell chametz gomer. And he says, what do you mean we don't sell chametz gomer? I've been in your father's year for X number of years in every Pesach. He tells us from Salvation not to sell chametz gomer, but it's really schwer and we do sell chametz gomer and there's nothing wrong with selling chametz gomer. Every year he says that. She says, I, I really don't think I got this one wrong. You know, I grew up in the house and this is something we don't sell chametz gomer. So there's only one way to solve the problem, right? They call him daddy. So they say, uh, daddy, are you allowed to sell chametz Gomer. He says, yeah, of course. How could you not know that? You sat in my shear for all those years. <laughs> Every year I tell you a lot of Chametz Gomer. Daddy, why don't you sell Chametz Gomer? Oh, because Rav Salvechik said it's us here. <laughs> so uh, different, uh, but 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 uh, if the parents are makbid not to sell chametz gomer, then he really has a shadow because there may be chametz gomer anywhere in the uh, in the apartment, somewhere in the in the apartment. Now the truth is, even then, it's probably not really a shayla because even if you're makbid not to sell chametz gomer, that just means you try to get rid of all your chametz gomer. But your star mechira that it's going to say with uh, with the with with John Brown is going to include everything, and there's also a clause in the star that says says that the validity of any of the uh, of, of any part of this star doesn't affect the validity of any other part. So even if you hold that it's not valid to sell chametz gomer, it's okay. You know, it's still going to be valid on the uh, on the on the on the rest of the chametz. But anyway, so let's assume they're makbed not to sell chametz gomer, and there is therefore chametz gomer in the apartment. Does he need to do bedikas chametz before he leaves the apartment? The sugya is in psachim davav amralov. Amravidam rav hamefarish vayotze b'sheir kodem shlosh. Yom, person leaves more than 30 days before Pesach, he doesn't have to get rid of the chametz. He's leaving before Purim. He doesn't have to get rid of the chametz. But if he leaves now, he leaves after Purim, then he does need to get rid of the chametz. That when you leave within 30 days, that the idea that you have to get rid of chametz, that's only if you plan on coming back. Rashi says, what does it mean, plan on coming back? Plan on coming back during Pesach. If you don't plan on coming back during Pesach, you don't need to get rid of it even within 30 days. So Rav says, wait a second. If you plan on coming back on Pesach, 
Even if you leave Rosh Hashanah time, you should have to get rid of the chametz. How can you walk back into a house that's full of chametz? Rava. Rava says, no, the way to qualify it is as follows. That which we say, that before 30 days, that before 30 days, you don't have to get rid of it. That's only if you don't plan on coming back. If you plan on coming back, you have to get rid of it even from Rosh Hashanah. Where do we get this number of 30 days? So the Gemara says, it's patterned after the din of Shaul and Vidarshan, whether it's Shtei Shabbosos or Shloshim Yom, we paskin Shloshim Yom. In fact, that's the very first halacha in Hilchus Pesach, is that you're Shalom Vidarshan for Shloshim for Shloshim Yom, so you see that Shloshim Yom, you already have to have Pesach on the mind, and therefore you have to worry about Petikas Chametz already within Shloshim Yom. Now, the, what, what emerges from this Gemara is that if you plan on coming back, and again, Rashi says that means Betocha Pesach, you need to do Betika even if you left as early as Rosh Hashanah. Beis Yosef quotes the discussion whether the same applies if you leave before Rosh Hashanah. Let's say you, you have a summer home and uh, you go up to the mountains or something and you spend July and August up in the mountains and you're going to leave before Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah this year is late. What's Rosh Hashanah? Mid-September or something, right? Late September, something like that. So you're going to leave your summer home uh, you know, in the, uh, at, the, at the end of the summer before Rosh Hashanah. So do you have to do B'dikas Chameitz then if you plan on, on spending Pesach in your summer home, on going back on Cholomoy Pesach and enjoying some nice uh, mountain air in the uh, Pesach. So says Beis Yosef, of course you do. Of course you have to. Even if you leave before Rosh Hashanah, of course you do. In this context, Rosh Hashanah probably just means the beginning of the year, which means since last Pesach. It doesn't mean Rosh Hashanah. He points out that the Rosh, the Rif, and the Rambam don't even mention the words Rosh Hashanah when they quote this halacha, because there's no reason why Rosh Hashanah should make any difference when it comes to this halacha. If you don't plan on coming back, so the Gemara says it all depends on whether you left within 30 days. But there are a number of questions on just what this Gemara means. First of all, what does it mean, don't plan on coming back? You're not coming back until after Pesach? Uh, What if you will be coming back, not on Pesach, not after Pesach, but before Pesach? For example, I left my house within 30 days of Pesach, just this morning. I plan on going back to my house in about an hour, right? But uh, I, I left just this morning. So did I have to do B'dikas Chametz before I left my house this morning? Because uh, or it's So did I have to do B'dikas Chametz before I leave my house? How far of a trip does it have to be, right? That's a, uh, you know, so my commute from, uh, from, from my house to Queens is what, to a, a half hour or so? Uh, what if I worked further away? What if I worked an hour away? What if I worked uh, five hours? Right, so how far of a trip does it, does it have to be? You know, Rabbi Vegra has such a, in, in, a discussion in Hilchus Mezuzah that he says if you leave a house without any inhabitants, so then it's part of from Mezuzah, so it's Tas of Lomanasu when you move back in. So uh, every day you got to take down your Mezuzah and put it back up. If you leave your house empty, it's without its inhabitants. The Pashas is obviously not that way. We assume that, no, no, the house has not been left without its inhabitants. That's how you live in a house. You don't live in a house by being, you live in a jail by being locked in there all the time. You don't live in a house by being caged in the entire time. Also, what's the logic? How does it help me avoid these Surah Muhammad's? You know, if, uh, if just because they ain't died to Lachsar, uh, what do you mean? So I'm going to leave a house full of Muhammad's and that's okay? Remember, we're assuming 
doing no mechira. So, so what, does that, what does that even mean? So to deal with the issues, the post can uh, obviously deal with all of them. What if you're coming back, let's take one at a time, what if you're coming back before Pesach? So the Ramam in the second part of Vilchus Chamitz Masa, Allah holds that even if you come back before Pesach, you need to do Bidiko beer before leaving. Why? Because you might be delayed and you're going to end up not coming back until Pesach. So you're going to, you think you're coming back before Pesach, but you might come back very late. You might, uh, I just saw on, uh, on somewhere on one of the, from news sites, this Hebra uh, from Lakewood, these two guys from Lakewood, two businessmen from Lakewood landed in JFK at 624 on Erev Shabbos and they had to make it back to Lakewood in time for Shabbos. So they arranged for a helicopter to get them. Uh, you know, things could happen last minute on uh, Erev Shabbos. I don't think, by the way, that that's a great kid. That, uh, that that had to happen. I think uh, in general we should try to avoid traveling on Erev uh, Shabbos. Huh? Okay, okay. I don't know. But uh, so we should we should uh, we should avoid traveling on Erev uh, Shabbos to the extent possible. I don't know the per, you know the circumstances behind the trip. Maybe it was pikuach nefesh or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm not uh, not saying bad about anybody. But. Um, Okay, uh, there, there are no from communities near JFK. Um, the, uh, sorry, no. <laughs> so the the uh, the the the, the, the Ritz is quoted by the Torah in Simon He agrees with the Rambam that you never know; you might make it back very late, right before Pesach, and that's going to uh, and that's going to be a problem. The Ran in Pesachim Daf Beis on Beis B'Daf Yerif also agrees, and that's how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Beis Yosef, however, understands that Rashi disagrees, and Rashi holds that if you return before Pesach, it's the same as returning after Pesach, that, uh, and therefore would not require B'dika. But with, the way we pass in La'alacha is that you do require B'dika if you plan on coming back before Pesach, if you plan on coming back to your house before Pesach. So, uh, so that that leads to the next question. Okay, so then, how far of a trip does this uh, does this really apply to? So the uh, Beis Yosef in the name of Goes Maimonios in Parak Beis says that it's only if you're Yotzei B'Shayara. The Gemara gives the example: You're going somewhere far away on a caravan. You want to go a great distance, but a little trip doesn't warrant a bedika before you go. The Mishabur and Sifkat and Tess writes: The Dafka B'Mfarish Liyama Yotzei B'Shayara you're leaving uh, you know three weeks before Pesach you plan on coming back three days before Pesach but you're going for a long long trip very far and the travel plans are very iffy I just got a call from a guy this morning who was planning on making was, was out of town for a few days and he was planning on making it back this morning flight was cancelled he's not going to be able to make it back for sure this morning these things happen if you go very far away but if you're going somewhere close, you're commuting your daily commute, even in Betoch I didn't have to do Betoch Chamitz before I left my house this morning. Everything needs to be assessed based on the reality of the situation. You could imagine someone, an accountant, sometimes like April 15th, the deadline is like on the first days of Pesach or something, and they are crazy. I grew up in my father's an accountant and my wife's an accountant so like this is my whole life like uh, I mean I, I don't have the stress but I have secondhand stress so the, uh, the, they're absolutely crazed right before Pesach so you can imagine even going to the office in that morning in the morning of Erev Pesach oh, I plan on coming back or the morning of the day before but I plan on coming back sometimes you end up sleeping in the office sometimes you end up coming back at 2 in the morning sometimes you end up you don't know you don't know exactly how so you really have to figure out 
based on the circumstance, whether it's a legitimate chashash. The chashash that the Rambam has, that you may be delayed, you may not come back in time, you have to know whether it's a, a legitimate chashash. Obviously, this year it works out very well for accountants. We are, we're actually going to be able to cash our kitchen and everything. Okay, v'tzarech livdog mikodem, I mean, we do that every year. V'tzarech livdog mikodem, maybe you would have to do b'tika before you leave. V'yesh mekilim b'zeh samar meklan, that ulamaisa, yesh ladun lafi kiru v'richa kamakom. He says you have to say, you have to assess based on how far the place is in Sharetzion and Osiralov. He says that a mikomakom siyem hamagin avram b'zeh da kolafia inyan. Even though it is based on distance, strictly speaking, lalach it's based on distance. Hakolafia inyan, and that's what the Mishabur seems to be noted toward that you really need to be honestly assess the kind of situation that 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 it is. Um, and he points out in Sharetzion Sifkani Beis that although the El Yerabba the Chak Yosef agree with the magen avram the Chak Yaakov does not and is mekel whenever you're not traveling too far. Okay, so that's a machlokas achronim. Is it purely based on distance or based on common sense as well? What if you know that you have chametz there? So what does that mean? You're going to just leave your chametz there? So the Ran, that beis and beis, that beis the Bramaskal Garcinan quotes a Yerushalmi that this entire halacha is only if you don't know for sure that you have chametz. But if you do know for sure that you have chametz, then of course you have to do b'dikwa beer whenever you leave and whether or not you plan on returning. You're going to have to do because oh, well, I'm only coming back after Pesach. So what? What about the fact that you're going to be owning chametz the entire Pesach? So that's what the Yerushalmi says. Then if you know that you own chametz, it's only me suffake that you don't have to do it. But if you know that you own chametz, you have to do it. However, the Beis Yosef points out that the Bavli seems to disagree with this Yerushalmi and seems to assume that even if you know about the chametz, you would not have to do b'dikul biur. If you leave more than shloshim yom kodem and you don't plan on returning until after Pesach, you're fine. I, what about the fact that I own chametz? That's what bittul is for. Oh, but the word chazal masakin b'dika? Yeah, shema yavaliachlo. You might come to eat the chametz. That's why they were masakin b'dika. If the apartment's in Israel and you're in America, you're not going to come to eat the chametz, so you don't have to worry about shema yavaliachlo if you're not going to be back there until after Pesach. Mishvur and Sivkat and Hay says, "Im yesh chametz yadua." Mishvur writes, "Yesh omrim dechayiv levar kodem shiyetzei." Quotes Yerushalmi as a Yesh Omrim. Interesting. But the Pashtas is like the Beisaz says from the Bavli that we could be Mekel. So at the end of the day, this fellow, certainly the Mechira solves all of his problems. But let's say they're not going to do a Mechira. Let's say they're not going to sell Chameitz Gomor. So would he then have to do a Bedikas Chameitz? Well, if no one is going to be back at that apartment until after Pesach, so then you have a case of a person who is Ein Daito Lachzar, but still, Rava says, when we say Kodem Shoshim Yom, Ein Zakuk Levair, that's only if Ein Daito Lachzar. But within Shoshim Yom, even when Ein Daito Lachzar, Lachara, you would have to do a uh, proper Bedika. So in that circumstance, Lachara, this would be an applicable rule that he would have to do a proper Bedika. Certainly we paskin like the Shita of Rava. We paskin there's not one of the Yal Kigan. We paskin like the Shita of Rava. So that is, uh, but the Mechira, again, solves that problem as well.